Episode 7, Relics of the Topeka Tornado. I'm Merle Riedel, and you're listening to a July 19th, 2006 podcast from the Kansas State Historical Society. Each quarter, curators select six artifacts for the Cool Things section of our website, kshs.org. This podcast takes a closer look at these artifacts and finds out the story behind the story. In the following interview, Rebecca Martin, assistant director of the Kansas Museum of History, talks about relics left by a massive tornado that slammed Topeka in 1966. She also explains what an automobile-sized missile is and ranks the three most dangerous tornadoes in state history. There's no sun up in the sky, stormy weather, since my man and I ain't together. I'm talking to Rebecca Martin, Assistant Director at the Kansas Museum of History, and uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about the 1966 Topeka tornado and some of the relics that it left behind. Um, How are you doing today, Rebecca? I'm doing pretty well. Good, good. Um, Okay, first question. In 1966, a tornado rocked the city of Topeka. What can you tell us about this tornado? Well, I wasn't living in Topeka at the time, but I've done a lot of reading on the tornado because I am a tornado fanatic myself, Mm -hmm. and I do know a little bit now about the Topeka tornado that I'd be happy to share with people. Uh, That particular day was really ripe for tornadoes uh, because of the climatic conditions, and about 7 o'clock at night, a storm cell started to form southwest of Topeka, and a storm spotter noticed that a tornado was on the ground and radioed it into the National Weather Service. So a tornado warning was issued shortly after 7 o'clock at night. The tornado itself touched down and proceeded to cut a diagonal swath directly through the heart of Topeka. Mm. Uh, that was what made this, one of the things that made this tornado one of the most devastating um, on record. Uh, The Topeka tornado hit the southwest part of the city, destroying apartment houses and homes. Uh, It proceeded towards the center of the city where it nearly wiped out the campus of Washburn University, uh, which is still in Topeka today. But at that time, Washburn was a stately old campus. It had some really great 19th century buildings and lots of great trees. The tornado literally destroyed five buildings on campus and damaged every other building, uh, really wrecked the campus terribly before it moved on towards downtown and headed right for the state capitol building. But luckily it left the state house standing. It just uh, damaged the dome before moving on into some neighborhoods northeast. And then it hit Billard Airport, which interestingly enough, Billard Airport is uh, where the location of the National Weather Service office is in Topeka. And uh, as the the uh, National Weather Service staff saw the tornado coming, they had to take cover underneath their desks because they didn't have a basement, uh, which is kind of funny when you think about it, and we were right in in the heart of a tornado country. Um, But uh, the tornado did destroy some um, airplanes at Billard Airport, and then shortly afterwards, it hit the Kansas River. It uh, raised up into the clouds and dissipated. So uh, really, it was on the ground just long enough to cut a swath right 
right through Topeka, Kansas, at that time a city of 127,000 people. Um, amazingly enough, though, it killed 16 people despite the fact that it did a tremendous amount of damage. Uh, there could have been many, many more people who were killed. Uh, one of the reasons that it didn't do so much damage is because Topeka was one of the first cities in the country that had a really, really solid civil preparedness program, especially as it related to storm awareness. Um, so we had a really good storm spotters network. For people who don't live in the Midwest, storm spotters are trained volunteers who are deployed to different affected areas when it looks like conditions are ripe for tornadoes. And those people basically observe the clouds and they know what to look for in terms of cloud formations and they radio in reports. Uh, that is one of the best ways still, despite our sophisticated radar today, one of the best ways still to identify tornadic, tornadic storms is through a storm spotter and in combination with radar. You wrote about a uh, coffee table and a stained glass window fragment in your Cool Things article. What do these two items have to do with the Topeka tornado? Well, like most really serious storms, all you're going to have left is pretty much fragments after a storm, and so people pick these up as relics and souvenirs. Uh, the the stained glass window fragment was from the chapel on the Washburn University campus. The chapel was totally destroyed during the storm. There were people who were in the basement at the time the tornado hit for a piano recital, but they survived. They just couldn't, they had to crawl out the windows. They couldn't get out the steps of the chapel. It was just leveled. So the stained glass window fragment is all that's left of the original chapel on the Washburn campus. The end table is kind of an interesting story. They were made, uh, they weren't, they weren't actually they didn't survive the tornado as end tables, let me put it that way. Uh, they were from cedar trees that were felled by the tornado at a home near downtown, and instead of giving us planks, <laughs> which is a great thing for a museum collection, um, we got something that is recognizable, and uh, this man took these uh, these cedar trees and he, he made them into two end tables, and eventually they came into the museum collections. It's not that unusual, actually, in Midwestern museums to have fragments that represent Present really serious storms that impact different communities, and these are these are what we have. What is Tornado Alley, and um, what is Kansas's role in Tornado Alley? Well, Tornado Alley is an area of the United States generally recognized as being on the Great Plains uh, and four states, in, in particular Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Texas, because we tend to get the greatest frequency of tornadoes because the conditions are just so ripe here for tornadoes in the springtime, especially April through June. Uh, what happens basically is that we um, we have the, the jet stream dropping down from the north from Canada, bringing with it cold, dry air, and that collides with these ma this massive, moist, warm air that comes up from the Gulf of Mexico often happens in the springtime for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. But we see these supercells then form along the line or the front where these two air masses collide. And it's really unstable conditions um, many days in the spring. So we're, I think all of the residents in the Midwest pretty much are aware that springtime is going to be an exciting time for us because of these conditions that happen like clockwork every year. Uh, so storms will pop up and, and dissipate quickly all over the Plains states uh, in those three months, three or four months out of the year, uh, that create these conditions. So that's really what Tornado Alley is about. Um, and you and I both grew up on the Plains, and, and we know uh, we we know all about tornadoes. We're kind of comfortable with them. But there still is a real sense of excitement in a lot of people, especially people from rural backgrounds who've seen these storms build uh, right 
in front of your eyes. It's really dramatic, and it is awe-inspiring in every sense of the word to see these supercells start to build up in the sky. Incredibly, you can see them build within minutes. The towers, the clouds tower tens of thousands of feet over the plains, and you can literally see them moving. The cloud formations are incredible. So uh, it sounds kind of uh, silly to say it, but it is a form of entertainment for a lot of people to see these storms build and to um, follow their their movement. The Fujita scale. Is that uh, used to measure tornado intensity or burrito spiciness? It's interesting you should ask that, Merle, because I did a little research on the Fujita scale uh, just to see what kind of guidelines there are for ranking tornado intensity or ranking intensity. And it's pretty clearly a tornado and not a burrito because some of the damage they list is roofs blowing off, trees toppling. It would have to be a really incredible burrito to cause that damage. <laughs> so, uh, the, But seriously, the Fujita Fujita scale was developed by a man at the University of Chicago to measure tornadic intensity based on the damage that the storms do to structures, mainly structures. Uh, the Topeka tornado was ranked in F5, which is one of the wow. most destructive tornadoes known to exist. But it was after the fact because the Fujita scale hadn't been invented at that point. Uh, the Fujita um, rankings are assigned based on the damage that was done after the storm. So you don't rank a tornado while it's happening. You have to wait and see what the damage uh, reveals to you. So the Topeka tornado was an F5, and if you read some of the qualifications for an F5 tornado, they're pretty amazing. Uh, I'll just let you, I'll read them off right now for people. Uh, Strong frame houses leveled off their foundations and swept away automobile-sized missiles flying through the air in excess of 100 yards, bark stripped off of trees. Um, that That is something that... Wait, he, did, did you say automobile-sized missiles? And I think often in a tornado, it is an automobile that is the missile flying through the air. Wow. Uh, if you get out on the Internet, you can see these incredible pictures of automobiles hanging up in trees or, you know, on top of buildings where they weren't there before. Um, in fact, there's all these stories about how the Capitol Dome in Topeka got damaged. Did a garage hit it? <laughs> or was it a was it an automobile? I think there's a lot of disagreement among eyewitnesses. Uh, so when you see something like that happening, you really want to be underground. You want to take cover. The to- Topeka tornado um, is, is one of only a few um, uh, hardcore tornadoes in Kansas. Um, I'm going to list off some of the other ones, and I just want uh, your opinion. I want you to rank them, what, uh, what the worst tornado in Kansas history was. There is the uh, 1991 Andover slash Wichita tornado, the 1955 Udall tornado, and the 1966 Topeka tornado. Which was the worst? That's a tough question, Merle, because it really depends on your perspective. Uh, for example, let me tell you about the 55 Udall tornado. That killed over 80 people. So I think from a human standpoint, that would have to be number one. It was it killed the most people of any Kansas tornado. And the really sad thing about that was those people had no warning whatsoever. What came out of that that was good was that it led to the first storm spotter volunteer training in the state and probably had a big impact on the Topeka tornado in that we had a really good storm spotter network set up by 66 and we believe that many fewer people died as a result because they had so much advance warning time that they could take cover. Uh, The 66 tornado was 
probably the most financially destructive in Kansas history. $100 million in damage at that time 40 years ago. Uh, in today's figures, it would be close to, to um, probably half a mil, or $500 million in damage. The Andover tornado, I've, I've seen it described as, ironically enough, the most photogenic tornado, which I think is a pretty bizarre thing to call a tornado. I think what they mean is it's the most photographed. It happened in 1991, uh, right at the time when you saw a lot of people with camcorders. And um, so you got all these people taken, taken off and chasing after this tornado and photographing it. We had a, a reporter and a cameraman underneath one of the uh, overpasses on the highway that shot uh, tornado from that storm. So it really got a lot of coverage. It did, it did do a lot of damage and it killed, uh, I think, 13 people. But it wasn't quite the same level of damage as the Udall or Topeka tornadoes. Uh, finally, Rebecca, we're going to finish up with a little uh, public awareness quiz. I'll ask you a couple questions. You give me your answer. Um, first one, true or false, the safest place to be during a tornado is a Kansas trailer park. That is a really tough question, Merle, but yeah. I'm going to guess uh, false is the answer to that uh, question because Really, anybody who grows up in the Midwest knows that a trailer park is is like a big magnet for tornadoes, which isn't really, I guess magnet's the wrong word. They have a big target on them. Uh, the problem is it's like trying to stop a bullet with tinfoil. Uh, you, can't, you can't ride out a tornado in a trailer. It's just not going to stop all the debris. Uh, the wind speeds are so terrible. You really need to be underground, and I mean way underground. Okay, second question. Upon hearing a tornado alarm, the typical Kansan will A, retreat to the basement, B, retrieve red slippers and dog and await for departure, or C, jump in an automobile and drive around until the tornado is located. I think B is your homage to the Wizard of Oz jokes you've heard all your life from people, right? Yes. You know, how's Dorothy and Toto doing? Yes. Yeah. They're not really funny, uh, so we, we'll just skip right over that. I think it's interesting that you didn't list here, go out onto the front porch and look at the sky, because uh, that that is one of the things that have been my experience, most Kansans do. Um, and I'll put in a little plug here for the minority. We are in the minority here and that we both are Kansans who have actually seen tornadoes yes. in our lifetime. The vast majority of Kansans have never seen a tornado. Uh, we're we're one of the lucky few. But I think that that leads to people to jump in their automobiles and drive around trying to find tornadoes or go out on the porch uh, to see them because most people in Kansas haven't seen them. It causes meteorologists to gnash their teeth and pull their hair out because they say take cover, and they mean take cover, uh, but a lot of Kansans really want to see that tornado sometime before they die. It's good entertainment. It is, and, and uh, it's, it is awe-inspiring. <laughs> It is. Okay, Rebecca, well, thank you for uh, telling us about the 1966 Torpica tornado and uh, telling us a little bit about the relics it left behind. You're very welcome. I love tornadoes. That concludes Episode 7, Relics of the Topeka Tornado. Join me in two weeks when Assistant Registrar Nikayla Zimmerman explains what a wealthy traveling gentleman with a purse was doing in Kansas. This podcast is a production of the Kansas State Historical Society. Just can't get my poor self together. I'm weary all the time, the time.